Welcome to episode 35 of Tall Poppy. I'm your host, leadership consultant, Tathra Street. What's it like to run an event with 9,000 teenagers after a personal tragedy and being able to laugh about it after? Sasha and Sonia can tell you from personal experience. These women are committed to helping young people create a different future for themselves and the world. Recognizing the pull between having fun, partying, the draw of drugs and alcohol, and on the other hand, making choices that will prepare them for their careers, course selections that will have impacts on tertiary education options, and being asked to decide what they want to do before they really know who they are. Sasha and Sonia understand that predicament, and the pair have written a book to help parents understand the two worlds of their teenagers. All the experience of 17 years of working with young people, doing the Teenage Expo, speaking in 200 schools a year, and kids coming up to them afterwards in tears, people letting them know years later the impact they had on them. All of this has gone into the book to support parents in the journey of their children's adolescence and help them become better adults. In this interview, you'll hear about the experience with getting the book out, how long it took, the joy about how well it's been received, and they share their experience of failure and the value it brings and what's important to them about how to deal with failure. You'll also hear a lot of laughter, which was a real indication of how fun these two are. I know you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Listen up. I'd like to welcome Sasha and Sonia to Tall Poppy. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. So um, let's start with where in the world are we? We are right here in Melbourne, Australia. We, we're, we're from. This is our hometown. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't often do uh, in-person interviews. And it's kind of exciting that we get to actually um, that I actually get to meet you guys because I've seen a fair bit of you um, in social media. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of uh, exciting for me to have you in my house. Same with us, actually, because yeah. we're, we're normally on Zoom or Skype and, you know, oftentimes the, the you know, the podcast sort of moderator will be like have the, the blank screen or something. So I love seeing people's faces and the expressions, you know, that, so you can sort of read them, get a better read. I, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see anybody being vibe going on. Yeah. And yeah. normally I'm in my pajamas, so yeah. I'm actually dressed in uh, yeah, what you make up on. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. 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 Going yeah on. exactly. <laughs> We've been held together by something. <laughs> normally bronzer. Yeah. So um, let's uh, talk a little bit about the work that you do and um, why that's important to you. Okay, so our, we've been professional speakers in schools for the past 17 years. So with that, we've been able to travel all around Australia. We're both speaking about 200 schools each per year. Wow. And um, we've also... Universities and companies and, companies and things like yeah. that as well. Yeah, yeah we've, done, we've done a whole lot of stuff with um, a lot of corporate companies and especially with franchises where franchises actually have a lot of business partnerships because we've been in business uh, partnership for 17 years. Yeah. We speak about how to have a successful business partnership hmm. and that, that's been really fun hmm. actually because we've got to talk about the um, nuts and bolts of, of what goes on the behind the scenes that keep us motivated and keep us working mm. together so that's been quite fun so my background is in running nightclubs and working in nightclubs and so I got to you know work in every facet of hospitality and really see what was going on lots of young people would you know I'd watch them as they were coming in and they were doing some really risky silly stuff sometimes so I developed a program um, that would actually help teenagers to transition into that sort of 17 to 18 being able to go out to nightclubs mm-hmm. and yeah when I first started that's what it was all about and now I talk to um well, teenagers as young as sort of your age, you know, age mm. about drugs, alcohol, safe partying, night clubbing, 
um, what to do if it all goes wrong, you know, all of those kinds of subjects. Fantastic. But Sash talks to teenagers about different things. So my topics are all around careers. So how is it that you find the career of your dreams? I also talk about bullying, cyberbullying, stress management, leadership, teamwork, um, body image, self-esteem, goal setting. So I have a whole range wow. of different topics and that's allowed me to work in Lots of different organisations where young people are from, from obviously from schools right up to juvenile detention centres as well. Mm. So it's been a really cool ride of, of meeting as many young people. And I, and I think the most common theme is that no matter where they are, they all have the same issues. Like mm. sometimes a little bit different, but it's all around believing in yourself and mm. um, having the courage to step out, whatever your background is. Mm. So the, the theme that I... I'm drawing from this is that it's about supporting young people to uh, or empowering them really to make um, better choices or to make uh, more powerful choices absolutely and, and to create a different future for themselves yeah like so. we actually figure that the more a young person is able the more information that a young person has the more they are able to make a better choice and the more empowered they are to make a better choice and the more they do that it just kind of snowballs and they make, constantly make better choices and when they don't make a good choice then they're able to learn from that and say well I screwed up on that one but I've learned from that and that's in terms actually a better choice mm. which really makes a happier human being which kind of makes a happier Australia <laughs> you know big kind of um a big massive goal but that's mm. really where Absolutely. we came from which yeah. is why we now work with parents because we oh, okay. thought to ourselves we get to spend this certain amount of time with young people empowering them mm -hmm. but maybe they go home and they say we had this speaker at our school and they gave us these crazy ideas on what we should do <laughs> yeah. or how we should actually handle it or you know what would happen um, when we go out and we make choices and stuff. And those parents actually don't understand. So we thought to ourselves, well, then let's write a book and let's run parent seminars where we're giving parents that same information. So we figure if we're empowering the young person, we're empowering the parent, which we also did from having a TV show and a radio show and we write for Herald Sun and Fairfax. And um, then if we're able to empower parents, then when that young person actually, whatever direction they go, whether they come to somebody like us or they go to a teacher, then they're able to feed through how to make those positive choices and then they go to their parent, their parent has the same information. So, again, they're just getting the information from everywhere. Yeah, but I think a really important part of, about that as well is the delivery of the information. So in order for them to, you know, take in what we're saying and and then go and implement it into their lives, they have to be able to, you know, to be in a place where they're happy to receive that information. They have to be able to connect with us. And I think mm. that's probably the thing that we're the most proud of is that we've been able, we, we're, pretty, we're pretty good at connecting with teenagers, you know, fairly quickly mm. and then translating that into a parent-friendly way when we're actually speaking to the parent audiences. Because mm. we actually haven't grown up. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we've actually we'll left school. <laughs> we have, we have definitely not left school. Like we're going back there every day, <laughs> and we're talking about we're like some adults actually forget what it's like to be a teenager. We have definitely not forgotten. Mm. It's probably because you you are spending so much time in their world and helping them to, you know, well having real conversations with them. By the mm. sounds of it, yeah, that's exactly mm. the right. And a lot of the time, it's I love 
this thing the most. When you walk into a, a school and there's an audience in front of you and they've been told that they're getting a talk about safe partying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, and you've yeah. comments and they're like, oh, this could not be more boring. Before they've even, yeah. you know, before I even get into the room, they're yeah. like, they're hating this. They're like, yeah. another one, you know, we can't cope. So, And then I love that transition from sitting back to, oh, yeah, what the hell are you going to talk about, to, you know, sitting forward and actually really getting mm. into it and asking questions and being involved. I love that, that you know, getting them, you know, that transition. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been doing this for 17 years. So 17 years we've been speaking in schools and still we love it just as much as from the first day. Mm. Like that connecting with the audience and seeing that young person exactly like come forward or light up or or then they contact you and they say, oh, you made that choice, you know, I, I, I did this or I made that choice or whatever it might be. Mm. And sometimes it can even be like a year later or two years later saying, I just want to let you know. I've been following, you came to my school, I've been following you for two years, you may not have ever liked or commented or shared and then all of a sudden you just send wow. us a message saying, I've remembered what you wow. told us. Like that's really powerful. Mm. I had a girl so, contact me from six years before. She'd seen me in a seminar six years before. Oh, wow. She said, I just want to let you know that I still remember the stuff that you said and I still put it into play when I'm going out on the weekends. Sounds like you guys are having a really big impact on a lot of young people as they transition into adulthood. And so I've heard a bit about sort of where this has come from and the the impact that it has on you and on them and the sort of bigger picture vision. But but I want to hear a bit about why this is important to you. Ah, well, I I guess because we've never really grown up. I mean, um, and we don't want to. We don't want to. No, no. I can't stop remembering my school days of just that confusion of not knowing who I was, where I fitted in. Um, not having any, I mean, my whole passion is about finding the career of your dreams. So how do you find out, like, how do you delve into and peel back the layers of who you are to find out what it is that you want to do? I mean, I'm just passionate to the core. We actually say it's kind of like a a magnetic thing. Every time you think to yourself, oh, look, maybe we should go into this direction, for some reason that magnet pulls you back and you're just like, I just want it. And then you'll change one young person. You think, I love this. I love it when they'll just say, I love doing this. And I said, well, go, go off and do that. And you're like, I couldn't possibly find a career in it. And you say, well, it's up to you to find the career. Like there's there's, the options are just so big. Mm. And from where I started 17 years ago to where I actually am now, the options are just getting bigger and bigger and endless more and more every day that you can create for yourself. I love that you're seeing it that way because so many people see it's curtailing what, you know, the careers as we know it. But yeah, I really think things are opening up as well. And they actually open up to your own personality so that if you're in a role within a workplace and all of a sudden your personality says, well, I've got an interest in that, you can actually bring that in. So even though the role may have been the same, that everybody's doing it and following it, you're bringing in something different because you've got that interest. Mm. So it then it kind of changes it. And so well, even, it feels like there's more scope for that. People are more, well, organisations are more willing to listen to what it is that people want instead of just like, here's your role, that's the end of the scope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to actually say, yeah, for retention rates, they need to be like that. 
because Absolutely. it's a different world now. It sure is. You know, and it's not going to be I'm getting a job and my loyalty will lie with that company for the rest of my life and I'll yeah. retire when I'm 55. It's not like that anymore. You, they will be don't. I mean, Sasha's so got to stand about it. 55. Like, they'll be there till they're 75. So, <laughs> yeah, like, 55, yeah. they'll be doing that. So you might as well do what you love because you're going to spend eight hours a day, five days a week, maybe 10-hour days, 12-hour days, 15-hour days. You're going to have to work weekends, you know, um, Christmas Day, birthdays. You're going to be working working when it's one degree and it's 45 degrees so you might as well love it mm-hmm. yeah if you're going to put yourself through that then you might as- and how empowering is it to give that to a young person right then i mean imagine if you knew that information right now where would you have gone and what would you have done well, it's just yeah. a simple sentence like what sasha said it's just a simple sentence you are going to be doing this every day for eight hours and da 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 for mm. this many years so do you want to go to a place where you can't stand it mm. or do you want to choose so make that choice now when you're 16 or 17 to have that information and go have that as a mindset to think about before you go into choosing your career rather than just go oh well that looks okay I'll do that and then they get stuck and the other thing I hear in what you're saying is that you are preparing these young people for and what I'm going to say leadership but not in a role-based sense but in being able to lead themselves into yeah. lives where they're able to step up mm. and take responsibility. So so tell me about what you see as far as what you do and how it connects to leadership. Well, I have a theory that I constantly tell young people and it's called Me Inc., Me Incorporated. So just like any brand, you as a person, as a young person, you're a brand because you're literally going to be then selling yourself on. So somebody's going to buy you for your time, buy you for your ideas or pay you to say I'm going to give you 15 bucks an hour to pour juices or whatever it might be, but they're buying you. So you are a brand in itself. So how are you going to put your brand out there from the absolute start? So that means how are you going to brand yourself on social media? How are you going to brand yourself as your ideas when you walk in there, Mm -hmm. when you um, introduce yourself, uh, when you talk about what your passions are? Because straight away, even if you're working in a fast food place, you could have the opportunity to say, well, I'm really passionate about working in that area. Could I possibly go out, have the guts to go out there and, and do that mm. rather than just going, oh, I'm just going to be at the front. Ah, look, I've got a real interest in making the food. Okay, well, normally we mm. put these people at the back, but you look like you're passionate about that. Go forth yeah. and do that. Mm. Yeah, so right. from the absolute start, you know, even like with finding a part-time job, we say to young people all the time, find a part-time job that's going to get you to where you want to go. Mm. So um, there's no point working in a fast food restaurant if that's that customer service, that food, that kind of essence doesn't spark something mm. in you. Yeah. But if you want to go work in media, well, then I don't care. Go get a job as a cleaner in a media company. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's going to then give you a scope of what's out there. The actual job of the fact that you're sweeping or cleaning toilets is one part of it, but you're hanging out with the people that you love. You're hanging out and watching things, so it's opening up your mind, but the way that you got your foot in the door was by, mm. you know, vacuuming. Yeah, right. Rather than going and, and um, working in somewhere else, it's maybe going to pay you twice the amount, but it's actually not going to give you anything. Mm. Yeah, right. I think in terms of my um, topic, it's actually been 
that person who's happy to not get themselves involved in, in the you know in the alcohol, the drugs, or not do that thing, and be the person who's okay with that, and then show other showing other people that they're okay with that, mm. and then that allows other people to say, well, actually, yeah. I feel that way as well, so I'm going to join, you know, with that group rather than being the sheep that says I'm going to go mm. and get smashed because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. So one of the things that I love is when I talk to teenagers um, about these topics is I'll say there's a lot of young people, that the percentage of young people who've decided not to drink at your age has actually grown more than we've seen for only two decades. Hmm. And the, the validation that that gives the person who's decided not to drink or to take drugs is you see them, they're high-fiving in the audience, wow. you know, and their eyes are lighting up and it's like, finally somebody said that what I'm doing is cool, like it's okay, <laughs> yeah? And then everyone's like, yeah, and they're high-fiving. <laughs> and wow. that, that validation is um, is really amazing. And then, and then, you know, just being that person who's happy to, to be the person who will take care of the, of the others and say, I'm here if you need to somebody to talk to, and I can see that you're struggling with that. I had this great example the other day. There was a beautiful boy that I'd spoken to. Their whole year group, was, they're 15 years old, so year 10s, and every, he said to me, every one of them is smoking weed, like the whole year level smokes right. weed. But before he said that, he cried for a full five minutes, like this big six-foot-two, big, you know, sporty-looking guy sat and he could not speak for five minutes because he was just crying. And he said, I've got a friend in this year level who's experiencing some really serious mental health issues and um, and she shouldn't be smoking, but I'm a hypocrite because I'm smoking too. And everyone else, he said, it's built into the – it's woven into the fabric of our year level is what he said to me. And he said, so I said, what do I do? I said, well, you know, I don't know whether you can swear on this podcast, but I I said to him, I'm calling you out on your bullshit because you don't have to be part of that. You know, you just don't. And you be the person who changes it. And so you be the person who says, well, when, when, you know, when we, what are we doing afterwards for school? Uh, after school today, well, we're going to such and such a place, you know, such Jack's place. What are we going to do? We're smoking weed. Well, no, actually, how about we do this? You actually can be the person who instigates the change. And, you know, again, the eyeballs. It's like, well, never thought of, well, you know, it won't change until you change it or until somebody changes it. So why don't you be the guy who changes it, seeing you're so passionate about this young person and her and worried about her. And you want, clearly you've come to me, a random that has spoken to you for an hour. So clearly you want to change, so be the guy who changes it. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Shoulders go back, sits up. Fine. Let's let's play. Wow. Love it. So can you tell me about the book? Where did that come from? And tell me a bit about the process before it came into the world oh it's an overnight success <laughs> it just happened just a 10 appeared. years, ten years it took us to write this book 10 years <laughs> right um and it's not like three words a day yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like i'm done for today yeah. Yeah. it actually makes me feel better because i'm on my second year with mine oh, <laughs> yeah. well you got eight to go <laughs> welcome to the world yeah it's just a small year, journey we'll how we go yeah. it was funny because i literally had somebody who started following us on social media probably about three weeks ago and say i was oh wow that's an overnight success like you guys and I'm like yeah but you haven't been following us for all the other years and all the other Mm -hmm. stuff we've been doing so um probably a little bit of a background of of Sonia and I we both were speaking in schools about a year each and then we had a mutual friend say to us oh you know you do a weird job because it's a weird job going what do you do I speak in schools that's weird so do I and so uh introduced us both and we were in an event. I instantly went up and said hi to Sonia. And I think I said, can I have your number? And the next day I rang her up and we were on the phone for like four hours. Wow. 
And then within about a year, we began marketing our businesses together. And can you tell me why you did that? Like what what was the advantage in that? What drew you to to do that work together? Well, because we had, uh, well, we our clientele is exactly the same person and we're not in competition with each other. So I don't talk about her issues. She doesn't talk about mine. So it's kind of like the school has now much more options. So there would be schools that I wouldn't go to and Sonia can say, oh, well, you know, if you're looking for somebody else, okay. I'm in something else. And yeah. I would say, hey, do you know that we do that? So it's kind of just we're all in the same industry. So rather than actually competing with each other, you just say, let's just join forces and offer push. our client even mm-hmm. more. And now they know. You know now, now they the schools know. know. Oh, Sonia and Sasha, let's go see what if they cover those yeah, things right. that we yeah. need. Well, sometimes yeah. they'll get like this afternoon we're going to a school we're actually presenting together. So, mm. Which is not – we don't do that all the time. We do. Mm. We, it's more common. We mm. do that more commonly now than we did before mm. um, only because they understand that we're a brand together. And then we began – the Australian Teenage Expo, which came out of us getting pregnant at the same time, different husbands, Uh and um, we both got pregnant at the same time. We both had our babies within two and a half months of each other. We went along to an event called the Pregnancy and Babies Expo, which was an event that's all about, you know, everything you need to know about having a baby and what it takes and what pram to get and what books to read it and what nappies to use. And we walked out of there with this wealth of information with these tiny little babies and thought, oh, wow, there's nothing like this out there for teenagers, which is that next stage of parenting. So all of a sudden you get the baby, your toddler, they're a kid, and then all of a sudden, bang, they're a teenager, and the issues just open up like Pandora's box. So we thought there was nothing like that out there. So then we created it with tiny little babies. We created this event. Mm -hmm. From that, not only did we have this you know, 3,000 square metre event of all different services and employment opportunities and education ideas and products that a young person would want and the information for a young person, parent or educator would be able to get in one space. We then thought because we are speakers, we would put on a show. So we would put on two or three shows a day each would seat 1500 students and that would have Sonia and I speaking but we would also get all of these talented young people that we've worked with along there you know along the years we'd put them on stage and give them an opportunity to expose who they are and perform in front of these massive audiences like they were already performing but to get to be able to do two or three shows a day of that many people Mm. that's an opportunity for a young person and it it changes their mindset of their career and say this is exactly where I want to go and entertainment and singing and performing or whatever it would be. And it was a roller coaster ride of emotions of, of how we would take them to be able to um, inform these young people. In the show. In yeah. the show. So every year we had a theme. So we did conflict, um, respect, identity and potential to each one wow. each year. Mm-hmm. And oh. so the young people would actually put performance pieces together around the topic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so Sasha would speak, I would speak, and we'd have these young people perform. And there, we, I mean, one of the things that we loved the most was watching these young people's social media explode after. Oh, kids wow. Are sitting in the middle of the and they're, like, liking <laughs> yeah. their stuff straight away. Yeah. And, yeah, they always say that that was one of the best opportunities for them was to, you know, in terms of exposure, was, was the expo. Mm. So we did the expo. And, and then, took it around Australia. Yeah. Last year, we took it to every state and territory, which was amazing, and we actually got to travel with all of these young people. So we had a bit of a, a road trip, two of us and a whole group of seven, 18-year-olds. <laughs> and it was crazy. Like It was really, really fun. Like We, we loved 
absolutely every minute of it and to be able to meet people in, in rural parts of Australia that had been through really tragic things. Like we literally picked towns that had been through some tragedy and ne- yeah. no way would they ever got, get this opportunity of these group of city people to come in and put this show on for them and they literally just went nuts and we loved that. We Actually, loved one it. of the things, like seeing this is predominantly about, you know, leadership stuff, was we went to a place called Dungog which is in New South Wales, and, and about 18 months before we got there, they'd experienced one of the worst floods in the history of, you know, Australia, and literally houses were floating down the river, you know, well, floating down the street. And so they were just completely, this town was decimated, and then afterwards there was mould, and so they were getting respiratory infections, oh, wow. and, like, if they were, no, you know, the, the student welfare coordinator at the school just said to us, we're, you know, we're really struggling, and we really need something to lift them up, so... Mm. Most of the most of the people who've been dealing with these teenagers have come at, at them in a way of, oh, you poor thing, you know, it's just terrible what's happened, you know, we're so sorry, and da, 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 da. And we went in there and started our show with the exact opposite. Like I said, I said to the guys in the bus on the way there, I said, I don't want to go in there and feel do pity. I want to to turn it around. Awesome. I want to tell them we couldn't wait to meet legends like you who mm. survived this stuff yeah. and look at you you're still showing up. You're still being awesome. You're still, you're here. You're willing to give this a go. And we couldn't make, you know, wait to meet people with strength like yours. And mm. you saw the change oh. in them, didn't you? Like the audience just completely changed. Look, it gives me goosebumps just like remembering yeah. that I time. I love that having, because yeah, I, uh, one of the things I really struggle with, and sometimes I don't post things on social media because I'm concerned about attracting sympathy, which is the last thing I want. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I see people, you know, even if they don't feel, oh, you poor things, like, I'm sure they're not a poor thing. They're just not feeling well. And it yeah. it really um, it negates the sense of agency. Mm. And to hear you coming in with a real strengths-based mm. approach that is the antithesis of what they've experienced yes. before, I yeah. can imagine would change their outlook and their experience of themselves in the situation. We physically saw them sit up higher in their, in their chairs. Mm. They were on their chairs. They were, they were jumping up. Chairs. Lit their phones up yeah. and were waving their oh, phones in the air while our, our yeah. young people were performing. In fact, one of the guys who comes with us around Australia and does everything with us is um is a, a kid that we've known since he's thirteen years old. He's just a is a writer, producer, singer, performer, plays all these instruments, mm-hmm. and he released his first his new single there at the school that day, and he wow. was like. Bon Jovi's all in the same room and you know you just see and then they come up and then you know I mean that, yeah. there's nothing like that Tatra, mm. you know what I mean you can't you can't that feeling that we get from that and that we've given that to them is that's our drug yeah. Yeah. that's our drug of choice <laughs> you great. can't like you, you just can't get that Mm. And you want to be able to give that to other people. You want to say, do you know what it feels like when you influence somebody else to feel good about themselves and take them away from the victim mentality? Yes. So we are big on no victim mentality. It doesn't mean that you can't curl yourself up on the couch in the fetal position and cry for a little bit, yeah. but you just don't live there. Yes. You absolutely. know, like sometimes bad stuff happens and we have had bad stuff happen to us. Like get up in front of an audience all the time and I say to them, I've been doing this job for 17 years. You don't think bad stuff hasn't happened to me in 17 years but I love my job so much that I actually walk in to that room where I've got all of those students and I take a deep breath and I mm. fill myself up with energy love every moment and then go back out there and deal with the bad stuff mm, yeah right mm. so don't ever think 
that I've not gotten up here mm. and, and my life is falling apart and crashing down behind me. Of course it is. But I'm not coming at that that victim mentality. And, like, I think that's one of the ways that we do with it. We entered an award um, over the weekend. We entered a couple of months ago. We became finalists, went to Sydney, went to the award ceremony. Anyway, we lost. We can win. And losers. <laughs> and and um, we're six-time losers because we had three chances in two categories. Yeah. We didn't win a thing. <laughs> and it was interesting because when the morning I dropped my son off at school, I just said to him, oh, I just want to tell you, do you know what mum's doing? I'm, I'm going to Sydney today. And I dropped off at school and I said, I have to drop you off, get on a plane, and I'm going to Sydney because I've entered an award. And I said, I could win but there's a pretty big chance I could lose. And just like you're scared to do this at school or put yourself out, we're a little bit nervous too, you know, because we could lose. And we had put this massive thing on social media to vote for us and, you know, you know what it takes to, like, organise your kids so you can go away because you follow your dreams on a little competition that you entered and you come home as a loser. Like, <laughs> that is, you know. And so zero. zero, like, what did you get? Zero. We go back with nothing. <laughs> but we literally just left that award ceremony and um, went chips to and hummus. The, uh, chips and hummus <laughs> and dip and came home, had a little picnic back in our hotel room and filmed us saying, we're losers, but we're having a fun time because we're here. We put ourselves out there. Thanks, everyone, for voting for us. We didn't win. But I'm sure that there were a lot of people there that would have been losers just like us that would have thought, I'm not good enough, what am I not doing, what do I have to do? Yeah. We just went, we put ourselves out there. We didn't win. And it was interesting because I watched the, the video of Facebook Live that you did afterwards and uh, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, you're not losers, you know, sort of. Pepping yourself a bit. Well, I don't know, just. Because I mean, clearly you were making fun. Like you, Absolutely. you weren't devastated we in were any not way. Wanting to be yeah, party yeah. Exactly. We were not attracted, and it was you. You're right. We didn't want that. We didn't mm. want those kind. Of, you're right. You're okay. You win. We were like, we're losers, but we're having chips and numbers. We're all right. You know what I mean? Like we've, we've been to Sydney. We've been able to eat three meals, like six meals, with both hands because we didn't have to rest, wrestle children. You know, like we've had a good time. We're all right. There was a cloud of garlic following me for about forty-eight hours because I had a really lot of hummus. But yeah. Came home with a loser and garlic. That's all. Like, that was like kids stay away from me. Mum's a loser and I stink. Right. <laughs> it would have been easy for us to not post. It would have been really simple for us to just not, you know, attract any attention to that. But that's not how we roll. We're, we're like keep it real. So you're going to see in our brand we've, we, we've got some not negotiables. Everything has to be fun. We will always keep it to you real. Yeah, and you know, and we're in this together. So it, it just like that's that. the way we go, you know. Mm. So you'll see us. And if we no lose, ego. we'll tell you we lose. And yeah, then there's no ego. If we're losers, we'll tell you we're losers. But yeah. we'll we'll show you the chips and hummus that we're having to suppress the emotions <laughs> as well. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we did literally say, well, why, why didn't we win? Like, why? What was it? You know, was it something we didn't do right? Like, we did analyze that, but it was analyzing it so that we can then say, what do we need to do better? Mm. Not coming from Oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we lost. Mm. Let's just drown ourselves in hummus. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's the best part about our, our friendship and our business partnership is that we don't have any ego. Like we tell it like it is. Mm. So for any moment, if you're feeling frightened or fearful or you're just kind of like, I don't know, how's it going to work? Can we do this? Should we? Sometimes, of course, we have fear. Sometimes, like, oh, I don't know, do you reckon we're just going way ahead of ourselves or whatever? And then the other one picks themselves up and says, hey, we're not frightened. Mm, nice. We're not scared. Hey, come on, let's go. 
So I want to get back to the book because sorry, yes. and that, off on a tangent right. thing right. anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, because I've, I've also noticed some really amazing posts that have clearly indicated your success. So I'd love to, to hear a bit more about um, why you wrote it and yeah, how it's being received. So we first started, as we said, about 10 years ago. And the, and at the time, it was we actually had a book agent interested in doing the book you know, with us and another couple of people, actually. Um, and they kind of decided not to go ahead. Well, actually, the global financial crisis happened and oh, no one yes. was buying books. Yep. So Unless that, you're J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. There was no books. Or, or mm. Bryce Courtney at the time. No, yeah. no, no, no one was buying. So he kind of said, look, I can't do this right now. We were calling the other. And then I said to Sasha over the years, come on, let's just keep doing this book. We picked it up. We had babies. We put it down. You know, we did the so I think it was last year that I said to Sarah, right, let's get this book done, let's finish it and let's get it out there because, as Sasha was saying before, we need parents to be on the same page and we needed to deliver this, this stuff in the same way to parents as well. Lots of people, when they talk to parent audiences, hit them with statistics, right, we're going to show you 27% of this does that, da, da, da. do the parents remember any of those stats? Very rarely, yeah. So, and I've been on panels, we've been on panels where you'll have the stats people and the audience is like, oh, that's terrible, 27%, oh, you know, they're sort of at the time, but then we come in with, right, you know what you need to do with your teenagers, you need to do this, da, 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 you know, and give them practical strategies, stuff that they can go home tonight and talk to their kids about and do straight away, you know, and instigate those really important conversations. So we thought, right, let's get everything that we know out of the 17 years that we've been doing this and put it in a book that's easy, easy to read. They can pick it up, put it down. It's got lots of little tick boxes and bits and pieces. So wherever your teenager's at at the time, you can flick through and say, all right, this is going on at the moment. Right, okay, how do I how do, I do that? Or how, well, how do I start a conversation around that topic? Yeah, so then we put it out to... Um, to, a pub, to some publishers and sort of let it go, which seems to be the way that we get the most success when we chuck stuff yeah. out and forget about it and let it go. And Finch came back, Finch Publishing came back, and they're one of the – there's a, a guy called Steve Bidolf who's written Raising Girls and Raising Boys, and it's okay. like sold more than 20 million copies around the world, and it's been translated into, you know, 75,000 different languages. And <laughs> um, they're, they're true stats, by the way. <laughs> See, I'm bad at them. <laughs> Um, and it's there. It's that, that's that publishing company who Fantastic. decided to pick us up. Yeah. So, so it's called the two worlds of your teenager. Mm. So, what are the two worlds? In terms of a teenagers, teenagers' world, these things sort of kick in about the same time. So, at the same time that they're starting to get invited to parties and alcohol and drugs are starting to be on the radar, is about the same time that they start thinking about subject choices and part-time jobs and you know really trying to mm. suss out the kind of direction that they're in. And again, when you've got a you know you've been through the toddlers and the tweens and the stuff, and all of a sudden you're in this area where you as a, as a parent have been doing the same kind of thing or similar thing for a big chunk of your life, it's a different world as we've just been talking about in terms of our young people and the choices that they have. You know, being an entrepreneur is not something that's frowned on anymore and mm. those kinds of things. So how do we guide our teenagers in this new world? I mean, you know, a lot of the parents that we talk to have not been in a nightclub or at a party or exposed to those yeah, kinds of you know, okay. situations for yeah. a really long time as well, mm -hmm. whereas we are on that, you know. Mm -hmm. Not that we're out clubbing every weekend or anything, <laughs> but we are. We did. We did go to a club. But we have, you know, we have – someone's put a drink on me too. Right? Yeah. It was like, it was like I was right back there, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, so it's at that same kind of time period where – we as parents need to say, right, this is how you think about this stuff and this is how you think about this stuff and how we can guide them through those two kind of tricky times, you know, in their lives. So that's what it's all about. Two worlds of your teenager is just a, it's a, it's a manual for helping tips, information, strategies, stuff that you can 
you know, get in their brains right now mm. and that will actually help. And so that we don't feel so powerless as well as parents. So if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what the world or the layout of their world is, mm-hmm. this is an insight into what's going on, you know. And, That's great. And we get, to, we get to give that to parents. It's a pretty cool gift. So I'm going to ask a couple of uh, leadership questions. The first one is about what does leadership mean to you now that's different than in earlier in your life? Oh, I had no leadership idea, even a concept of what being a leader would actually mean or be. I don't think it was even suggested to me that I could even be a leader or um, influence other people. But I was bullied quite heavily as right through primary school and, and even through high school that all of a sudden, I, I went, once I actually finished school, I then thought I don't want to be this victim. And I don't know how I thought that or what I just started and I started really delving into self-development and have read a billion books and listened to watch shows and done everything that you could possibly have been to seminars right across the board and then all of a sudden realised that the things that I was learning, I was able to then influence other people and uh, get them to change their the way that they actually looked at things. And so that was probably when I realised as a leader you can actually maybe influence the way people think and feel about themselves so that then they make positive choices. Mm, I love it. How about you, Sonia? I had... Um, it- uh, my experience with leadership when I was young and when I was first going into the workforce, so I finished school and went straight. I had a part-time job from, from the age that I was 14 or something and nine months, uh, whatever, it is, <laughs> whatever the law is, <laughs> I was there. And I had example upon example of the kind of dictatorial leader and I just hated it, you know, and I did my stuff because I was the good girl who did the work and, you know, listened and, and tried not to piss off the boss, you know. And then when I got into hospitality and I had to lead teams, I just felt innately that I wanted to do it in a different way. Mm. And so I would ride that line of let's have fun together as a team, but please just know that this is the way that we need to do things as well. And so I think, and then there's some really amazing examples of that now, like Simon Sinek and, um, you know, Gary Vee and these kinds of guys who are just inspiring people and people want to follow them because they're so cool and they're like telling it like it is and they're real, but they're also fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I've, I've come from that, which I hated, which I think propelled me to want to be that kind of leader where, you know, and when we're doing, we're doing our speaking and stuff when we're in school, we, we always come at young people as, you know, we, we value what you say, we we understand that you're magnificent and you've got some brilliant ideas and we're ready to listen, you know. Mm. But here's some stuff that I've learned along the way as well. Mm. Do you want to listen to this? It's great. Yeah. And even with parents, we actually value the fact how much they love their kids. Mm. And so often the choices that they're um, – the reasons and the choices that, that they're pushing this information onto them is most of the time is because of love. So it may not be the right thing that they're pushing onto them but because they're fearful. Like they want their kids to, you know, just naturally like grow up, have, get a good job, get money, go on a holiday, get a good car. That's what you need in your life. But they want more than that. They're willing to sacrifice the good car for the happy feeling of – that they get from what they do and then you know we always say the money will actually follow so come up with the concept look at the idea understand it's not going to get handed to you on a silver platter because it's not even if you've got the idea you're still going to have to work for it but when it's actually challenging you'll like it Mm. because the challenge is not that hard 
You know, I mean, if you said to me, locked me in a room and said, I want you to enter data into a computer all day, but I'm going to give pay you 10 grand a week, I'd probably take it up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but then after that, I'd go nuts. And then whatever that would buy me would 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 literally drain my soul. It would right. never be enough. So I'd, I'd instantly have to go back to where I want it. And that money wouldn't mean anything. Mm. So I imagine you encounter young people who are interested in in doing something perhaps different or taking a risk so maybe they want to start a business or they want to create some kind of change initiative in perhaps their community or their family um, and this is what I call the tall poppy advice so what advice do you have for people who, who are wanting to stick their neck out but are a little bit afraid of getting their head chopped off just try just give it a go like, you know we have I'm working with a young person now who's 16 years old starting his own business um selling clothes like you know having his own website selling clothes and I said to him you know this is not about the money this is about getting in and making mistakes and dabbling and giving it a go and then he said to me oh I made $800 I said you made $800 I said are you joking me like do you know how long it took me to make and you if you don't think that that's a huge success that you're you've got you're 16 years old and you've got a website and you're selling clothes and you've made $800 that's outstanding but $800 will come and go. Those lessons will last forever. Mm-hmm. So even if you have to help them and invest and put some money in or, or just back them by saying, I'm here for you and just say as a parent, yes, you can do it, yes, you can do it. And when it all falls and fails, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's just as valuable than saying, hey, I turned this into a multimillion-dollar company. Okay. Absolutely. It's just as valuable to say, you know, always say to parents, let your kids fail. Mm. And one of the the bits of advice that we say to parents during our talks that we've done, we're we're in the middle of a a book tour where we're going along and promoting our book. One of the things that we say is everything in that book comes from two minds. One mind is the the voice of us that says we're we're professionals, we've been working with young people for the past 17 years, this is what we've learnt, that this is the method and the formula that's going to make them make the best positive choices that they can. And then there's the other voices being a parent. And all of that can go out the window because there's fear, there's love, there's the craziness that happens in a family, there's the background, there's your own issues as a parent of fear of failure and going out and what's happened to you when you've been out or anything that you've tried. And well, I can imagine the world is very different mm. you know, now compared to when parents were th- that their ch- children's yeah. age. So when they're influencing their teenagers, there's all of that stuff that's going to come on with their issues, issues, all of those, and fears. They might have tried something. They might have had bosses that put them down or said that they weren't any good, and 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 you want to protect these kids and you don't want them to experience that failure, so you want to protect them. But then that's actually, you know, not going to be able to do anything. It's the the failures. We laugh at our failures because that's the essence of who we are. That's who we are to the court. Like, thank God for those failures. At the time, they weren't that much fun. But at the same time, I mean, you're 
I mean, especially the video of we're losers, you were celebrating it. You were celebrating the failure and, and making light of it. And, and yeah. you know, like, I just think that's really powerful. Yeah. So it's a really powerful leadership message as well. Was, oh, was, thank you for saying it like that. Thank yeah, you. That, I've never actually not thought of it like that, but that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, thank you. I just said, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you put your head out there. What's the worst that can happen? You fail and you fail. You learn the lessons. Why? Why did I fail? Maybe I didn't do that thing that I. That I you know, maybe I didn't do my research. Maybe I didn't. And you go back over it and you see. Well, how can I? How can I turn left where I should have turned? You know, maybe I, I should have turned left there and I turned right. Go back over, go back over. And, again, not take yourself so seriously. Like, so what? You failed. Oh. So freaking what? You know, go again. Yeah. If you look at every single one of the greatest examples of leaders in our world, they've all had massive failures at some yeah. point. And has that stopped them? No, it hasn't. So do whatever it is that makes you feel good again. Yeah? So, like, not in a negative sense, but mm-hmm. do whatever that, you know, immerse yourself in that and make the you know, thing that makes you feel good, if it's music, if it's exercise, if it's, you know, dance, if it's whatever it is, do that to, mm. and, until you feel good again. And then go again. Mm. Who makes the rules? We make the rules. Yeah, nice. Mm. We also, another one of our rules is there is nothing sacred that we won't laugh at. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Like we've had some, some horrific tragedies and we were in the midst of failure. We were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like we were laughing at the, the most horrific parts of our life that most people would go, you just can't say that. Mm. You can't say that. That's horrible. Mm. But we laugh at anything. <laughs> anything. There's nothing that you can't Because laugh we're at. still here. Yeah. Right? Because we survived that. And yeah. it's okay. <laughs> like, you know, we, we've had this. This is getting nitty gritty now, but yeah. you know we both experienced miscarriages in between our two children, in two weeks apart, and you know we had Inventora, so we're you know we were like a nine thousand teenager coming through the door at you, get all of those details organised for the show, get all the exhibitors. Like there was a zillion different things that went into to be all over, and we both experienced miscarriages within two weeks of each other. So we were like devastated, mm. and we said that we were literally like our uteruses were trailing behind us. <laughs> <laughs> And we laugh because when you look, you know, when you look back, that was terrible. It was so bad. But uh, but now you know, we're laughing. I was like, get up, come on, bring your uterus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, constantly. Like you've got to laugh. And, and, and that's not... That's not taking away the value of what was going on because let me tell you, running an event with 9,000 teenagers, we, we literally gave ourselves and said, look, you know, you can go into hospital and have your little surgery that you need to have but get the hell back out here and, and start working because we're in the midst and you don't give up at this point. Yeah. Bring your uterus along, you know. <laughs> and that's and not taking away anything oh. from a person who's experienced a miscarriage because mm. I've had four, Sasha's had a couple. You know, we understand. We completely yeah. have lived that, understand, breathed it, everything. But when you come out of that, you've got to look back. We just have this take that we just look on everything and mm. go, what's the humour in that? Mm. What's the funny? What, let's get a good feeling out of that instead of allowing us to it to take us down. Yeah. Mm. And also... Perspective. Yeah. Also gratitude. Gratitude mm. is our thing all the time. No matter what happens, the lowest of the low, the moment you're rejected, you always fall back on gratitude straight away on everything and we're actually getting really really good at it like we've I think that we've always been good at it um but now you'll walk away like you know they'll say an award and they didn't say our name and literally I think we just turn each other and go yeah but look how much fun we're having here look at these awesome people that you've met and whereas maybe 10 years ago we would have wallowed a little bit more 
Whereas we're bouncing back on gratitude so much. It sounds like being on the journey is almost as important or more important than the destination. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the gratitude for the people that we meet, like you, and the web that this world just comes out and and saying yes. Like if somebody Mm. says, do you want to do this? Yep. Do you want to get it? Yep. (laughs) Like people go, I've learned to say no. Well, why don't you learn to say yes? Mm. You know, because we go to several all the time, learn to say no. Learn to say yes because Mm. learning to say no is one thing, but learn to say yeah, yeah, give it a go. Like you're a random person ringing me up and says, hey, do you want to come to my house and record a podcast? Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And and so it's like, and I'll go, okay, I'm going to tell you. Like she takes me and says, so what are we doing? Yep, we're going here. This is who we're meeting. This is what we're doing. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) So he says, we're entering competition. Okay. Yep, let's go. And then what that does is it opens you up. Mm. And we meet meet amazing people. Like you meet these people who are equally as passionate about what they're doing as us and that's got to create just more good vibes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you can always learn from people. Everyone's got an amazing story that they've tucked away. We always say scratch the surface, there's stuff going on underneath. We love to get into that and see what's going on. We love Mm. to, you know, find out what makes people tick. And that what that's what makes you grow as well is meeting you know meeting people and learning about their stories and mm. and learning from them yeah. being open to learning empathy. You guys have given us a lot of gems, but I'm going to ask just one last question: Is there anything else that you want to say to our listeners? Buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> Two you want to <laughs> we are so desperate to have a bestseller. Desperate, <laughs> like you have no idea. So, desperate. I, I mean, from what I've seen, you've got some. You know, you're on your way because you know it's overnight success and all. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's sold out at Big W. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we made the Big W catalog. Do you understand? So tell me about that. Oh, let me tell you about that. Now, let me tell you about. That. Oh, I'll tell you about that. Yeah, because this is the funniest thing. Sash rings me one night. And she's like, it's about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I've just put the kids to bed. Right, Sonia, the best thing that's ever happened to us, apart from giving birth, has happened. Like, <laughs> what? Oprah, Foxtel, like, we've got our own series. Like, what? who's called you? We're in the big W catalog. What? What are you talking about? Do you understand? That goes to every household in Australia. The big W cattle is like, oh my God, I can't believe after all the stuff that we've done and the successes and failures that we've had, that is the thing that rocks your boat more than anything else in the entire world. Because in my wildest dreams, I would never have thought that we would be in the big W catalogue. Fair enough. Like, it rocks my boat to the core of who I am. And we didn't even find it. That was the gold. Somebody else posted a picture. They found the big W. It got delivered to the house and they took a photo and they put on Facebook, tagged us. I'm putting my kids to sleep. Think to myself, oh, you know, come on, kids, go to sleep. Shut up, shut up. I think, oh, put my head under the covers. And I'm scrolling, next thing, bang, I went, oh, my God. I, I was like, <laughs> my heart was beating, right? And the kids are like, what? And I go, wake up, kids. Your mother's in the big <laughs> Look at this, right? And look at this. Do you see Straight what to this? the pool room. Straight <laughs> to the pool room. <laughs> like, and then I go, oh, no, I need to ring Annie Sonson because that's what my kids call it. I need to ring Annie Sonson. Shut up and go to sleep because your mother like, you can't do that. Kids, this is huge, right? Don't wreck this by waking up, right? Like, I'm just like Sonia you need to see this it's so big because it's just not in our world streams that we get well I never thought yeah that would ever happen I can't imagine it would have necessarily been a goal of yours either but but when it happens it's like 
Wow. Yeah, you do not. Like, I have got my goals in the back of my bedroom door. I have all of my goals. Big W was not up there. <laughs> Big W catalog. Like, I think I even took it in my stride and I said, oh, Big W's ordered. Okay, well, yeah, that's pretty cool. You're getting a TV show. Okay. Going to do a radio. Yeah, that sounds all right. Right for the Herald Sun. Yeah, cool. Fairfax. Ah, Big W catalog. Whoa! <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks, you guys, for taking the time to come out and hang out with the Tall Poppy crew. We love and, it. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks. I think young people have such an important role to play in creating how society is going to be in the future, and we don't give them enough credit or a voice. The work these two women do isn't about providing that for them. It's about helping them stand up and make smarter choices so they can lead themselves to raise their voice, to get involved in civic life and be empowered and become leaders in their own right, on their terms. And I loved hearing about their book, an overnight success that took 10 years and is now selling out. Since this interview, I've seen via social media how well the book is going and the exposure via Big W, which is like a smaller version of Walmart for those outside Australia. And it really gives me inspiration for my book as well. So what are you taking to heart? Is it about creative careers leveraged from life and work experience or being lighthearted and real about how things don't always go well or the impact they have on young people, inspiring them to make powerful choices, helping them to see that they can go against the crowd and be the one who leads the way to a different future? I wonder what you might tell your younger self. A few things before wrapping up. Last episode was with Chantelle from One Girl, and I talked about the Do It In The Dress campaign. And I've now got that going, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's simply doitinadress.com forward slash Tathra hyphen street. And there you'll find why I'm doing and what I'm doing in a dress. Don't worry, it's not a secret. In fact, I actually need your help to fulfill on this promise. Though I've already reached a percentage of my fundraising goal, I'm aiming for a handful of companies in Melbourne who want to understand the impact of unconscious bias on things like decision-making, recruitment, diversity, and workplace culture. It was really fascinating to learn about this stuff, and I blogged about some of the very personal inquiries around it for me. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. If you want to see me deliver unconscious... If you want to see me deliver Google's Unconscious Bias at Work presentation in a dress, I'll be doing this in October and November of this year, 2017. So contact me if this is you, if you're interested and you want me to come and help your organization learn about unconscious bias and help me raise some money for educating girls in Africa. Also, previously I mentioned about my next project. And it's about talking to changemakers to research the collective wisdom of changemaking with people who are dedicated to making the world a better place for all. I want to know what helps, what hinders, and what sorts of visions for a better future people who are committed to making change in the world have and how it keeps them going when times are tough. There's no secret that a lot of our systems are broken and that leadership leaves much to be desired. And I'm keen to get a better understanding of how I can be of service and have that based on real conversations and not 
just my assumptions and my own experience as a change maker, which is valid but limited. So more to come on this, or you can subscribe on my website if you want to stay informed, if you don't want to miss anything in relation to that. I will be supplying information about the Super Connector Summit with David Burkus from episode 14. That's coming up pretty soon, and um, his interview with me. And I had almost as much fun with that as I did with this interview with Sasha and Sonia. Last but not least, if you're a new listener, welcome. If you're returning, thanks for coming back and for being part of our tall poppy community. If you have feedback or guest suggestions, email poppy at tathrastreet.com. If you want to help your fellow podcast consumers make an informed choice to listen, a review on iTunes or Stitcher goes a long way and means the world to me. Sharing this episode via social media with those that you think would be interested it all adds up. It all contributes to the change that is happening. We are challenging the status quo. We are standing up for what we believe in. We are changing the face of leadership, questioning how we live and lead in work, in business, and in life. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the flip side. 